Hello and welcome to No Applause, Just the Clap. The only show that didn't think of an intro when I had the chance. Um, Dad say hello. Yeah, I know. Or say sorry. Sorry you didn't think of an intro? Um, Question mark? Question mark. So, let's get right into it. Um, Um, So, I actually did do a fair amount of stuff this week, but it was mostly revisiting. I did do one new thing. I finally started listening to The Butcher Bird by Richard Cadre. Yes, how is it? I don't like it as much as his other books, but it's still entertaining. Okay. I have, like, maybe an hour left on it, because I'm listening to it as an audiobook. Is it urban fantasy? Yeah, like, of course, yeah. Sam Anselm? Yeah. Okay. yeah, and they're in hell. Or they end up in hell. That's familiar territory for him. Yeah, and Lucifer's there. What a shock. So, my opinion on it is that I would have liked it better if I'd listened to it before I listened to any of his other books. It's a good book. It's well written. But... Did it come out in the middle of Sandman? I have no idea. I'll have to look up when he put it out. I can see why he didn't build a series around the lead character. Why? He's not a bad character. I'm just not that emotionally invested in him. Sometimes you have those, coming from a writing standpoint, where you go... Ex-heroes. I could not emotionally invest in any of those fucking well, characters. But I was going to say, you have a character where you have well, like the one idea and you go, okay, it's been executed and there's nothing more I want out of it as a writer. Well, um, it's one of those things, though. They're the lead character, he's well-developed, he's interesting, he's totally obsessed with Orson Welles, which I love. Okay. But it's just, I don't want to read any more books about him. And I desperately want to read more about, you know... James Stark. Or, God, what was his name in It's Coop, but I don't remember his first name. Oh, yeah, in the Coop series? Yeah, like I said, I totally want more Sandman Slim, and I totally want more Coop heists. Yes, I know. There should be at least one of those coming out this year, though. I hope so, but like I said, the lead character in this, his name is Spider. Okay. There's a reason why his name is Spider. Same with Jerusalem. But still, I just... Yeah. And I was a little mad because is it there's... Dirty, is it Dirty L.A., urban fantasy? Like... No, not really. No, I oh, think wow. he, he lives in San Francisco, actually. I think Kadri lives in... Okay, it's all it's all West Coast, though. I mean, it's all California coast. Like I said, there's a part where there's a group of five of them, and they're making their journey, and two of the group get killed. And they were the two most interesting elements of the group, and I was kind of like, oh. And they were never supposed to be, like, main characters. Or emotional leads, but I just thought they were the two most interesting part of the story. Okay. And so, I was just a little bit disappointed. Alright. And it's like, he has great ideas, he's good at world building. Yes, he is. I would have liked it better if I hadn't had Sandman Slim or Coop Ice. Okay. Okay. Would I tell people to read it? Yeah, absolutely. I'd just tell them to read it first. Because it's almost like when you start a series and it's a little bit amateurish and then you get into book three or four and they've matured writing-wise. They feel more comfortable in the world with exactly. the characters, they have a handle on their voices. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like the season one of any show. Like they haven't quite grown into their role and figured out everything yet. Okay. And also I just it was super not necessary for them to make any more books about the specific character. Well, I like don't I think said, all the like I said, all the the side characters or the sidekicks were more interesting to me. 
because it was which can be fun, but well, it's like the the side characters uh, Lulu, Primo, and Count Non were the more interesting characters to me than Spider. Spider and uh, the other lead character Shrike. Okay. Or Elizarin, depending on what you're calling her. Okay. Like I said, they were just more interesting to me. Also, I feel like he almost crams in love interests or romantic relationships. I felt well. I thought it was I fairly liked, organic in Sandman Slim. But no, I really liked him and Candy's relationship in Sandman Slim a lot because you know she was just the assistant to the doctor in the first book. I was thinking about that today, actually. Like I said, I think it was extremely organic, as you said, with Sandman Slim. You also had emotional distance from that. Like, whenever he has the emotional distance with with the characters, the love interest in the main character, I find it works. Like, in Coop, it works. Oh, it does, because she was basically telling him to chase her in the first book. Which he does kind of get her at the end, right? No, he does get, get her. Cat. No, he does get her at the end. And they're together in the next book. They're very much together in the next book. But I thought it was good in Sandman Slim because he was interested in Candy. He liked her, but he didn't get with her until much later because he was still dealing with everything that happened with with Alice. Alice. Like, if he'd gotten with her in the first Sandman Slim book, I would have been pissed and probably thrown the book across the room. Yeah, I think that would have been cheap. Would have been, yeah, writing 101. But, like I said, in this next book, it's... The book that I was reading, The Butcher Bird, it just, it feels a little bit easy. Okay. I don't know. Like, he kind of explains a little, explains away a little bit of it, because they're basically chess pieces that have been put in place. Okay. But it still bothers me. Well, do you want to get into uh, things that I didn't find interesting, or chess pieces? Things I, I can I can segue into either one of those. Things you didn't find interesting. Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino by the Arctic Monkeys. It's their most recent album. You didn't like it? No. I did not. I think that... I think it's a concept album that does not work. The entire thing is as if they were a 60s... Now imagine the Arctic Monkeys as a 60s lounge band in space. On paper... That sounds I'm sorry, I'm amazing. hearing the Cantina song from Star Wars. So it would have been better. Ooh, rough. Um, yeah, it it is slow to the point of plotting, I would say. P-L-O-D-D-I-N-G, in case you're wondering how that's spelled. Not you, Deb, but... but plotting, not, not, not plotting. Correct. Um, it never really ever picks up. I think that after so AM... So it's not like the Welcome to Night Vale book where it punishes you for the first half and then gets it together. No, it just together. keeps punishing you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, it's not that it's a bad album. It's not. The production's great. His lyrics are amazing. I think at times a little self-indulgent because it's so like slow. And it's not like every song's a ballad. It's just like there is no... I mean, So what you're telling heard, me is it's heard no heard Night at the Opera. It's no AM. I'll say that. It's not even the... What's the album they had that was... Like, Everything You Think I Am, I'm Not, or something like that. That was, like, before they kind of got, they got, like, more psychedelic and his um, lyrics got really, really uh, poetic, or uh, more poetic. I don't um, have a problem with that. But it's, like, AM is, like, every song on there is, like, a certified single, um, like, hard-edged pop song, 
and it's great. And to have this as our follow-up, I think he kind of went, oh, now we're known, and now I can do this weird vanity project. So what you're telling me is he, he did kind of what actors do, where you do the studio picture, then you do the indie picture. Yeah, but the thing is, he's doing the indie picture as a studio picture. You know what I mean? Like They're like, what's your follow-up? And he goes, Arctic Monkeys is a 60s lounge band in space, and you're like, this sounds fucking phenomenal. But then... Is this, it, is this his Southland Tales? It is, but the thing is... Dave, I almost said David Kelly. Richard Kelly never came back from Southland Tales. No, he did not. Um, so, I, I don't... I mean, I, I know where you're going with that, and I completely agree, but yeah. like This is something that they can obviously come back from. Southland Tales is the biggest example I can see of somebody trying to do an indie pick as a studio pick. Yes. And in That's that, the biggest example in that, I can think as of. As a complete sidebar, because I'm not done with it, we'll talk about it next week. Okay. Um, I, I will say that I'm about about two-thirds or halfway uh, through Pacific Rim 2. <sighs> uh, subtitle, why? <laughs> because it did very well internationally. The second one did not, right? I mean, didn't do well. I don't know, I don't, actually, I, but the I, only I, reason they made a second one is because it did very well internationally. No, the, oh, the it, did, it, didn't, it didn't do well domestically, did it? Well, it did, it, it it did, did all right. It did all right domestically, but it did very well internationally. Um, Thanks, China. Second largest movie, whatever. That's why they keep making Transformers, which is getting a reboot. Which, by the way, I don't think we need to talk about it, but I was giggling hysterically at how bad Solo bombed. Uh, I think I might go see it tomorrow. Can it pay? Yeah. Uh, um, but there's nothing I'm really it's like I want to go see a movie in theaters and it's like according to well The Incredibles 2 will be out pretty shortly that's next week that's Denver Comic Con weekend so that'll be interesting since we'll be downtown maybe we'll go see we should go see that together if you'd like to when's the last time we saw I don't think we've ever seen a movie no, together no we have seen a movie together I think the when last movie it? we saw together was the um, X-Men Days of Future Past because we went as a group yeah and that's had a shitty sequel since then that's the last time we saw a movie together. That's at least, what, five years? Uh, less than, but yes, it was a very long time ago. Well, you got to figure Apocalypse came out, what, two years ago? God, was it five years? Jesus. Right? Yeah, like I said, yeah, of course we can go see Incredibles too. I might go see it again with my sister and brother-in-law at the Draft House. I'm sure it'll be good Draft enough, House. But, but, um, yeah. but yeah, let's let's Let's, let's go see Brad Bird. Like yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, Tranquility Base, Hotel and Casino, Grand on Paper... Bad on the ears. It, like I said, it's it's. I, I shouldn't say it's bad on the ears. I can see what they were going were for. Interested. It was cool concept, in my opinion. Kind of a poor execution. I really wanted it to be more like AM, and it wasn't. You know, not everybody can be David Burns. Got his album with um, Saint Vincent. Is that her name, mm. or that's her working name anyway? Um, phenomenal. Just so you know, when you said working name, it made her sound like a prostitute. Well, Deb, I think I should do this a couple of years ago, how to get your hooker name. It's your first name, plus your last name. God, I totally I remember when you got that, the first, you uh, got me with that so one the first one time, favorite, and I was so fucking so surprised. one of my favorite things. Uh, also, the, the, the new joke I've learned where it's, I'll tell you a joke about my dick, but it's too long. What was the... Huh? Huh? That, All right. that one's a good one. But, Thank like, you. the the Doug Benson joke about the, my dog just died, can I bury it in your ass? No, it's my dick just died, can I bury it in your ass? 
Oh, Dong. My Dong just died. Sorry. I don't think he says Dong. That seems like a weird one for him. Did you know he's a big Taylor Swift fan? I think I, I knew now. that. Oh, and let's... I was going to bring this up off air, Bubble but... bath with a hard Taylor Swift jib. Uh, <laughs> call back to like episode bubble three. Bubble bath. Bubble bath. Oh, I can't wait for those, I know, those way. Funko Pops are going to be great. Um... As, as another quick sidebar, um, I was going to bring this up off air, but fuck it. I think our listeners should listen to this as well. Um, not that they're mutually exclusive. The newest Doug Loves Movies at time of recording, um, he had teased that it was going to be a great show. They're going to have some big guests, so get your tickets. And apparently people turned out you in, know, in droves. In and uh, what did you just say? In Moss. You know, it's mass, right? Yes, okay. I know. I was just being a jackass. I thought maybe you're pulling a Sean Jordan on me. I've been listening to a lot of All Fantasy Everything, which we might talk about later. Um, I was totally watching. Where he thought, he, thought it was, no. he thought it was actually throw Kosh in the wind. Like short for caution and didn't put that together. Yeah, Sean Jordan's half the reason to listen to that. Also, Ouch. Ian Carp. I mean, that's a great podcast. But anyway. Well, let me say this oh. to you. Oh. I had a very, I wouldn't say argument, but a Hold heated on. debate. Hold on, can you put a pin in this until I... Just because we're getting on like nine different things, which I know. Okay, yeah, fuck it, let's go. Let's take this right. Is it lethargic or? Lethargic. Yeah. It's lethargic. Well, it's like. No are one you should suffering say from lethargy or are you suffering? Lethargy. From... Yeah. It's lethargy. It's also posthumous, which you didn't know before this podcast. Um, not that I'm trying to like. No, it's just one of those Call you out. I'm just saying. It, I said it when. No, I said fine. it, and you were like, "Oh, that's how you say that." And it is a rough one. Like posthumous does look really weird. It looks like posthumous. Yeah. Um, but posthumous. it's posthumous. Well, it's just one of those things where I was watching my sister. After bodies, watch what it means some in the Latin. horrible fucking like e reality show, and the characters didn't know how to pronounce exacerbate. It needs to make things worse. I le- actually learned that from Sean. well reading, but yeah, Sean, Sean the, the dead. dead. Um, what's that mean? But um. And she uh, said mine, exacerbate mine is, means to mine come. Is, um, sorry, go ahead. Implicable. implicable? When people say in, in, inapplicable, it drives me nuts. I'm like, it's... Inapplicable? Impli- it's implicable. Inapplicable? Mm. Have you seen the whole... The the online video where the people keep missaying milk and they start freaking out? I'm not going to lie. My sister and I totally say milk, but it's just like but, a okay, personality so the first, quirk. The first... The, the one guy's talking to his group of friends, and one says, Malk, m- Malk, with yeah, an Malk. A. Yeah, and then, Malk. And he's like, are you hearing this? What is happening? And looks at his friend, the guy, the guy just goes, yeah, he wants a glass of Malk. And he goes, oh, and they like, oh, it's, we'll, we're going to watch this after. What's the Snickers commercial that's out now about almonds? I don't know. No, like, there's a Snicker with almonds, and he's in the car with a guy that keeps mispronouncing almonds. How do you mispronounce almonds? I can't remember now. Al- Aldman? Al- I can't even mispronounce it. Almondes. I'll, I'll look it up later. It's not important. I'll cancer. Um, It'll cancer. Hello, everybody. So Hi, Dr. Sidebar. Nick. <laughs> You've got ill cancer. Um, if you if you can see through it, it's your window to weight gain. That'll be like one of the few Simpsons ones I still remember. They rub the fish sandwich on the wall. Running and around? The bird that's paddling. Oh, God, that's a paddling. Yeah, I put that up on our Insta. That was when he said, uh, who in the what now? That was where that line came from. Because he goes, they who in said, the what now? You know, doing who in the what now? Uh, 
I really just want to be that's a paddling guy when I get older, and I really need to cricket that. No, you're going to be the crazy cat lady from Futurama that keeps saying kajiggers. I only have two. And Crazy Cat Lady is from The Simpsons, and Kajiggers is from no. Futurama, so you're marrying them both. No, there's the Crazy Cat Lady who owns most of the stock in Planet Express in... She only owns, like, 1%. Oh, that's right, because she's the deciding vote on the one with the 80s guy. Yeah. Who dies from bonitis. That was such a great episode. Thanks, Yaz. Um, Continue. So, sidebar to a sidebar to a sidebar... Um, I will say the newest episode at time of recording of Douglas Movies, I recommend you listen to, even though Deb never takes my li- listening recommendations anymore. I do not. Um, but you, you I might listen on, to books you might as on, opposed to podcasts. You might, you might on this one. Despite the fact that I once called you screaming with laughter because of the Douglas Movies. Um, his guests on this were Jeff Tate. Okay. Yeah. Opens for Doug Benson. He's funny. I like him. I like Jeff Tate. Not from Queens, right? The comedian. Yes, I knew what you meant. No, I mean for them. Um, Although, if he was from Queens, John right, Hamm, I'd be very impressed. John Hamm and Bob Saget. Oh, that is a That's good That's a panel. fucking panel. Panel? With a guest appearance by, air quote, Mark Wahlberg. That's a fucking, that's a fucking show. And I was crying laughing at a bus stop listening to it. What's Ham up to? Oh, excuse me, I burped. What's Ham up to these days? He's got a movie coming out next week. What movie? Tag. Oh, no. That's Jeremy Renner. And John Hamm and Ed Helms. There's like a bunch of people in it. John Hamm's in it. Is he? I'm so distracted by Jeremy Renner. I'm not. It's John Hamm. The man disrupted his set by not wearing underwear. Full hang and wang. Well, he's no Chris Pratt. Mm, no. Naked Chris Pratt on Parks and Rec. Yeah, that's true. Just saying. And the thing is, you can totally see the moment in her face when she realizes he's, he's actually naked. naked. Um, Which, by the way, they did a lot of horrible things to her skin during that show. I know, like, it's the switching between... Yeah. I know it's the switching between HD and not HD, but like they made her too tan and they put too much makeup on her. It's it's just not great. Yeah, it's kind of weird some of the stuff they do. Well, no, it's like I said. I know it's because while they were doing all that, it was switching between HD and not HD. Oh, really? Was that the reason? You realize that they completely changed how they did a lot of makeup after HD went normalized. So when digital HD became the standard, it actually took like makeup artists a little bit of time to catch up. Oh, I can tell. Okay. So there, yeah, like I said, there was a few episodes where her skin just looks terrible because they have but like not Ann Perkins. Oh God, she's so beautiful. Yep. And you gorgeous sunfish. Is that one of the many I, things she yeah. calls her. But like I said, it took them a little while to catch up. However, this is sidebar of a sidebar of a sidebar. Doug. Uh, the I Zombie finale happened. So, they didn't get renewed. At all? I think they're having a final season, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, but not this season. The next season's the last season. I think so. I'm not 100% sure. Okay. Um, 
So they wrapped up the Fillmore Graves storyline for the most part. Still funny. Um, but they wrapped up the whole Chase and Fillmore Graves mm-hmm. thing in one of the most awkwardly shot finales I think I've ever seen. In what way? It was all odd angles and jump cuts in a way that you think, like you're gonna like see a gun fall and then a bullet go off and then it just ends and you don't know like you know are, are who there it doves? hit. Slow motion doves. John Woo did it. Okay, got it. Um, but they shoot it in a way where you're like, oh, it's meant to be confusing, and then you don't know what happened at the end. Thus, a cliffhanger. No, um, you find out exactly what happens, and Chase dies by his own guillotine. Major becomes the head of Fillmore Graves, which they've been setting up for the last couple se- uh, episodes. Um, Babineau and whatever her name is, blonde girl, um, Basio, uh, get married, despite the fact that they can't have kids because she's a zombie, he's a zombie. He reconciles this as, I love her so much, I'm going to become a zombie, which does have the great line that she goes, I'm going to sex him to death. Love it. Yeah, I mean, I great actually line. really, really liked the fact that they pursued the plot line of whether or not Liv would infect Major by having sex with him. Yes. That's something I'd never seen before, and I thought it was really interesting. Well, it's because they have, like, a season to, like, really get into the minutia of the zombie virus. But it's just virus. one of those things. It's like, is zombie, you know, fluid to fluid? Does it have to be a bite? Does it spread like herpes? We don't know. And now we do. Well, in this universe, anyway. Um... Liv's wedding gift to Basio was very sweet. Was the brain of the girl, the dying girl, who was uh, un uninfectable. It's not a word, but cannot Ininfectable? be infected. Yeah, in infectable. Still, not, I don't think it's a word, but um, but her her entire brain. Yeah, she has to eat the entire brain to become human. Um, and gives it to Basio so that she and Babadon can have kids. Well, it doesn't surprise me. Liv has always been one for self-sacrifice, even from the first season where she cured Bajor. Yes. Oh, she was stepping up to save her boyfriend this season, Levon, who ends up dying as well. So. It's a bad that you and I both did, like, the one-shoulder struck when we said yeah, that. Yeah, I was like, ah, no, right. She's literally fucked half the people on, on the cast. Um, the character, not... What's her name? But, but it's one of those things where you, if you have a tight group like that, there's only so much you can do. I know, but she's Community sex. notwithstanding. I mean, she... Yes. But, I mean, yeah, okay, so you leave Ravi, Ravi and Babino out, but, I mean, Chase Graves, Major, the other head of the underground. Like, she, I guess she's never had sex with Blaine, but they did have that with him and Peyton um, when he was human. So, you know what I mean? Like, there's this... Kept Very waiting incestuous. for her and Peyton to, hic- to hook up, and it never happened. For who? Her and Peyton to hook up, and it never happened. Oh, that'd be great if she was on Hot Lesbian Brain. I would. There watch. is an explanation. There is some context. We're not going to give it to you, but... There is some. Well, I'll just think about it as I walk away, then. Can I as fries? well, you should. Fries? Yes, please. Anything for you, Doug? No, I'm good. Yeah, her on Hot Lesbian Brain and her and Peyton. Oh, my God. If she would have been on The Player Brain, talking to Peyton, I'd been in. Now, here's the thing about Peyton. The actress who plays her, I don't know if she's a good actress or not. I think she's passable. Well, but it's one of those things where, like, I've never seen her, because she's very beautiful. Mm -hmm. I've never seen her in anything that really challenged her skills. 
So is it that she's... I only know her from my zombies, so... No, she's been in other things. She's been in quite a few other things. But it's just like, is she not giving material that challenges her, or is she just not a particularly good actress and we should just refer to her as quote-unquote serviceable? I think... I think the, the arc with her becoming the mayor um, is something that she could play very well on and that she was like going to go to D.C. to be like a zombie advocate. I actually really liked that the way they got involved in politics was because of her. Absolutely. Like I said, I thought it was very smart that they kind of played it in that way. Because, I mean, you don't think that Liv will ever get directly involved in politics, but she loves the people in her life, and so when Peyton gets involved, she gets involved. Also, the mayor's a zombie. Was a zombie. Well, you know what he's I mean. a human, now he's dead. Yeah. Um, speaking of finales... Is it ineffectable? I don't know. Um, speaking of finales, we had a quote-unquote second series finale from Lucifer. They released two bonus episodes, the ones that they had filmed for the fourth season. Um, hoping to see a ratings bump to be able to sell the show to Fox or someone else. Turns out, Deb, that these are the two lowest rated episodes of the season. Well, it's because we're not invested anymore. At that point, yeah. And it was up against something else, like some kind of sports finals or something, or it was after that. Basketball? I mean, it could have been hockey. Could have been hockey. You probably lost track of that shit. Yeah, I did. And I'm so glad. So, um, they were all right. There's one that's, uh, one that's more Ella-centric, where she's apparently haunted by the ghost of this person that she saw. At, she's haunted by a ghost after that Ella got into a car wreck and after she left Detroit. And you're kind of like, why has this never been brought up before? That, like... And it's like she says, like, well, I haven't seen this ghost since I left Detroit to move to L.A. But then the ghost comes back, and you're like, what the fuck is this? And, of course, she's worried about what Chloe thinks, because Chloe's a skeptic. Um, you're not sure where this falls in the continuity of her Chloe seeing Lucifer's devil yeah. face. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, it was, I mean, as much as I loved a Ella-centric episode, it was really strange to have this random ghost there. Uh, it is then revealed that the ghost is actually Azrael, the angel of death, um, who is not only One visiting... Azrael, the abyss. Who is eventually uh, revealed to be uh, visiting not only her favorite human, Ella, but her favorite brother, Lucifer. And she'd actually put Ella on a path so that they would be together, not in a machinations of God kind of way, but just in a, like, I want both my favorite people to be together. So it's a in very a sweet... pieces kind of way. More in a, a sweetness of heart kind of way. I wouldn't say chess pieces, because I'm going to get into that in a second. And that second is over. The second episode is of an alternative reality where Chloe and Lucifer actually don't meet at Lux like they do in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but they both end up... Oh, it's, it's if Chloe's dad had survived the shooting. Oh. And she becomes an actress who plays a cop um, in like five movies called The Weaponizer. Um, and then Nobody Lucifer's, can see me laughing quietly at the name, the weaponizer. And um, Lucifer just you know goes about his day. Um, it turns out that a stunt person on her, her film set gets murdered in Lux, which brings them together to solve the murder, despite that she's not a detective and he's not police. 
Uh, he was escort like, or whatever it was. He was an informant, and then he was a uh, special whatever consultant. Yeah, yeah. So it ends up that they come together regardless, and she of course decides to go on and be a cop, and he's like, maybe I'll tag along. Um, Deb, if you were to guess, and I hope you didn't read this online, uh, it, the the episode is narrated by God. Who's God? Who else do you... Morgan Freeman. No? Who else do you think would be the narrator, the voice of God, talking about his son Lucifer? Well, it's not James Earl Jones. It's not James Earl Jones. I'm going to say it again and kick yourself. Go ahead. Neil Gaiman. Gaiman? Gaiman. Gaiman. It's not Gaiman. I just like irritating you. Um, it's Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and he says, like, you know, if... He says something to the extent of, like, yeah, I pushed them together, but, like, they would have ended up together anyway. Anyways. So, you know, what does that say about free will versus, you know, destiny? Fate. yeah. Um, and, you know, if it's a good thing, what does it matter if I made it happen or not? If it was going to happen anyway? So, once again, brings in that whole free will versus determination thing from the comics and the show. Um... It's one of those things where I know they're hoping somebody else will pick them up, but if Hannibal couldn't find anything else, what the fuck do you think you're going to find? My thing is, like, after those last, those bonus episodes, it was like, alright. Like, they were cute. Um, they were did fun. They did, were different. Did it have, like, a thing? But it didn't have, like, the Lucifer spark. Well, the thing is that I was extremely resistant to this show. Mm-hmm. And the only and thing, yeah, like I said, the only thing that drew me in was Tom Ellis and the soundtrack. It's got a good soundtrack. It hasn't in the last, you know, number. It's had a, an alright soundtrack. I like, I like the songs. They tend it's, to work. The first season was so much better. Well, yeah, but there are only so many, like, good songs about the devil you can throw in there and go. Uh, it, not even that. It's just there's only so much money you can throw at copyright. Especially at, like on a, on a flagging you know, yeah, like I said, there's only series. so much money you can throw at copyright. So, but, I mean, I miss him at the piano in Lux singing a song for you'd me. You'd like the bonus episodes. You'd also like the, um, the one with the angel of death where Lucifer and Dan are working a case and Lucifer is wearing like this like, like baby shit brown almost leisure suit. Like he almost dresses down to work with Dan. Oh my god, and the one where uh, Chloe's like the actress, Dan is an actual fucking crooked cop. Because like his family didn't give him a moral compass, a moral oh, center. Good Lord. Like it actually does kind of get like kind of cool. Like Ella's a um, Chola, like um, um, chop shop mechanic. Like it affects everything. You know, I have to tell you, my two biggest bitches are still. Trixie is named fucking Trixie. Okay. And she doesn't look like either of her parents. Is she an incredibly engaging, very adorably sweet, talented actress? But no, she's a miscast. Between Brother Blood and, I was going to say, and Chloe, she doesn't look like fucking either of them. I can kind of see it. She probably she has the darker skin of, of Dan Espinosa, no. which means you've got no. Hispanic on that side. She has freckles. Does he? 
He does. Oh. I haven't looked that closely at him. Do you think he's hot? No. I don't either. Um, but I'm just saying, I, not that the actress isn't talented, it's just she looks adopted. Well, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing you that Trixie was their kids. Um, was their kid. Anyway, uh, Arrested Development is backed up. I had mixed feelings. I am in love with it. It's gone back to form. It is not... No, I... Well, first of all, the last season, no thank you. It's I mean, rough. Did, did I enjoy I like it? The exper- yes, I, I like enjoyed the, it. I like the experiment. I just don't think it worked. No, I don't. Ooh, yay. Thank mm-hmm. you. Don't worry, Doug. I'll wait. My fries just got here, and Doug gave me a look. So Deb is almost done with her fries, and we can talk about the development. This one returns to form... It goes back to the linear storytelling. Um, I'm glad it does do a lot of recaps for season four, which was a bear to watch. Um, was a bear to watch, being that it was uh, character-centric as opposed to storyline or plot-centric. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone is back in form. You can tell some of them have visibly aged, which is weird. Which ones? Uh... I mean, Jessica, Jessica Walter and, and Jeffrey Tambor were no spring chickens to begin with. But when you put, you know, a couple of years between seasons, um, obviously Michael Sarah is not a teenager anymore. Nope. Um, and it's very obvious. Um, but you do have the return of uh, Rebel Alley. Um, still funny. Oh, uh, God. The running gags are still... This is another... They're only releasing um, the first half of the fifth season and then the second half will premiere... Later this uh, later this year, so it's a quick watch for eight episodes, mm-hmm. um, and I've already rewatched it. There are of course things in the background. Um, there are running gags that you miss. Uh, it is a, it's a development to its core again, which I, I really like. I'm actually kind of sad that they finally did like the be all end all joke about them all making like weird rooster or chicken noises. We'll see about the second half. Um, they do obviously. Well, because they have like what. Four or five of them together, all doing their weird... There's four of them doing their impressions of chickens. At one point, one of them goes, that's not even the chicken. Yep. Um, it was easily one of the best jokes. But well, because I mean, they built it up for so long. Also, the joke with Joe being like, I have something for this, and coming back in the bird costume. That's right. Uh, in this one, it's more of a... It really, literally takes place, like, right after... Um, the end of season four. Okay. Um, so you do have the where did uh, Lucille two go? Uh, is Job gay? <laughs> After he God, and Tony the forget won- me now loops. That actually does get played off with. God, I love um, the forget me now loop. That yeah, that Michael uh, Jason Bateman doesn't remember. Um, sing, uh, Mayo de Quattro or whatever it was. I don't remember his name. Well, the the day that it all happens with Lucille too going missing. And yeah, like I said, he's got the forget me now loop. Yes, um, so it picks up with Job and it, it's so good, Deb. So good. I'm so glad it's okay. back. Um, I will watch it this week and we can talk about it's, it next it's week. A, yeah, it's it's a fast watch. So, um, what else you got? So I revisited both seasons of The Good Place, which I talked about a little bit before. I was thinking that the third season was going to start soon, but it's a fall premiere, so... I feel like it started as a fill-in show, and then didn't. But I also just remember it premieres way later than a lot of the other fall shows. 
I think it's like mid to late September from from what I've heard for the first two seasons. So, like I said, I rewatched it. Thank God they developed Janet because she's the most interesting part. Not a robot. I also Not love. A lady. The weird little side gags, like, you know, when they end up in the middle place and Derek's there with his wind chime penis. Genitals, I'd say. Excuse me, genitals. Yeah, I mean, because I would imagine the penis itself is not a wind chime. That would be more terrifying, actually. And now I'm picturing all of this. Mm-hmm. I also started rewatching Brooklyn Nine-Nine since it's moving. Uh, it's NBC. Like I said, it's moving uh, networks. Yeah. Um, first of all, I forgot what a good job they did building the character relationships in season one. Like, okay. they don't even reveal how funny Captain Holt is until, like, a couple episodes in. Okay. I do really wish I could unsee seeing him in a Speedo, but still. Yeah, I don't want to see that. Yeah. Nor do I want to imagine that. It's happening. I am really surprised that they have managed to write storylines and be so certain of who these characters are for so many seasons. Well, it's Michael Schur who did Parks and Rec, so... But I mean, it's just I, one I of those things he, where... He's got a handle on characters pretty early on. The first season of this was so much better than the first season of Parks and Rec. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Admittedly, on Fox, you fucking have to do that, because they're not going to give you a second season if they don't. True, and I think that probably... Brooklyn Nine-Nine was probably something percolating in the back of Michael Shore's head, so he had a handle on it walking into it. I do really like that the season finale could have been a series finale, but I'm really excited to see how everything works out on the next season on NBC. Well, in that if NBC wouldn't have picked it up, it would have been a series finale. It works. Okay. But like I said, I'm interested to see where they go from there. Okay. Like I said, I don't think they wrote I themselves. I don't like think they wrote themselves into a so. corner at all. Okay. I'm interested to see what happens. Also, I love all the stupid stuff they do. That it's everything we've ever wanted to do, like you know, being on a rolly chair and propelling yourself backwards with a fire extinguisher. To name one, yes. Oh, they've done so many other things. I'm just saying they've done all the things that we ever wanted to do if we were morons with, you know, access to equipment. And budget. Yeah. Budget's always a big one, because you can buy the equipment. Yeah. Um, I watched anything else recently. Rewatched Thor Ragnarok. Still awesome. Watched the first three episodes of the first season of Rick and Morty. Awesome. Realized that the Inception dog episode was the second episode in that. I can't believe they got to that so quickly. God, yeah, talk about hitting the, hitting the ground running on high concept. Um, I have to tell you though, Dan Harmon on Instagram, very unlikable. Dan Harmon as a human being is starting to become unlikable. Yeah, pretty much. Ever since him and Aaron divorced. Yeah. He's gotten dark. Well, I mean, he has a new lady friend. Oh, does he? Yeah, he's been seeing someone. Hey guys, give me a second so I can. Pretty much immediately. Is it vodka? It's probably vodka. It's not vodka. That's his main lady. Yes, it is. I've seen the documentary. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I just made this face. They can't see that face. She's making the face that says, yeah. It's probably vodka. I mean, he does have redeeming qualities. He loves animals, and Rick and Morty makes me laugh. I'm in community and party... No, that was Rob Thomas. I mean... God, I love community, but I mean... 
as uneven as the season was, the Russo brothers didn't do a terrible job. No, I mean, everything was directed well, and I mean, the guy that was the showrunner that one season, Dan Harmon, wasn't, it wasn't bad. It was just uneven. Um, it's a year where the ship didn't have a captain. I mean, really. Sorry, just imagine somebody laughing maniacally. So, mistakes you made? Mistakes I made this week. I, I can't even call it a mistake. So, as discussed off air, I actually got a job this week. And so I went to apparently the only remaining Kmart in Denver and bought a couple pairs of work jeans. And after that, I had my sister drop me off at the grocery because I wanted to go pick up a prescription. Unfortunately, it's my favorite prescription. It's the one that helps me sleep. Vodka? No. Oh. I'm not going to name the medicine, but yeah, like I said, it's the one that actually helps me sleep and helps me stay asleep. Not a big deal. Uh, they got it to me super fast, especially on a freaking Saturday. I was walking out, and I was, my, I was going to say, my Bluetooth headphones had died, so I went for my regular headphones that I got with the phone. And I was paying attention to them and not paying attention to the crack in the sidewalk and totally ate shit in such a way that I did not break my phone or my face or my hands, but I did scrape my right knee. Again, your knees are not great. My knees are not great. I have put so much vitamin E into healing my knees in the last six months, it's ridiculous. Like, I apparently am just going to soak in a bath of vitamin E. Is that possible? It is, but it's gross. It has so about Tom the Brady same, probably does it. has it. about the same consistency of, like, creme fraiche. Creme fraiche. Cream fraiche. Okay. And so, like I said, I swear to God, when I was just trashed all the time, I hurt myself less. And also, I ruined another pair of jeans that I'm pissed about. After buying two more pairs of jeans. Oh, and other mistakes I made this week. I found out that my boyfriend apparently owns not one, but two pairs of Jinko jeans. Also, you have a boyfriend? Nah, we're poly. Okay. He's my primary, but we're not monogamous. Okay. I can't keep track of this shit anymore. Your love life also, and all the little subreddits of sexuality, I'd give up. Um, Fair. Fair. Uh, most of my mistakes get talked about on damn, so there you go. Sorry. Um, Definition of giving up just got seated in a couple booths away from us. Oh, I look forward to that. Seeing that later. Um, that's it. I almost said that's the list you cannot see. Uh, social contract. Ooh, I don't, I don't, I haven't had any, like, hobo interactions. Um... The only social contract oh, I've had hey, recently is... Don't... Got, I okay. got... No, go ahead. Don't assume that one position in the service industry does not mean that they don't know about the other positions in the service industry. For example, that may, be, may or may not be autobiographical, that when someone seats you, don't assume they're illiterate and don't know what, like how the rest of the restaurant works. Don't assume ignorance? Yeah. Unfortunately, assuming ignorance is the easiest way to get through life. Yeah, but it doesn't do great for other people's self-esteem. Screw them. Screw the people with low self-esteem? Mm-hmm. Why? Because well, I'm The one people of them. whose ignorance you're assuming? Screw them? 
No, screw the person that's assuming ignorance. You think? Yeah, fuck them. They don't know me. Fair enough. All right, autobiographical. So, but, so what, what I'm saying... What did they assume, though? Did they assume you didn't so know? So we have these breakfast vouchers at yeah. work. And they assumed that just because I sat them, I didn't know what the vouchers meant. You run the place. Literally, like the guy went, oh, don't worry, don't, honey, he just seats people. He's not going to know what the voucher means. Like they I was some kind just of, said yes, that. Like I was some kind wow. of diaper-wearing mongoloid. Um, so, yeah, Did no, fuck the people that... that basically I'm, everybody does everything no, in they that don't. situation? Obviously, they assume ignorance, like you just said. So I'm saying, fuck those people, not the people whose ignorance was assumed. I just don't understand why they'd think you don't know what a voucher means. Well, no, I mean, not like that I didn't understand the concept of a voucher, but what, what no, the, the voucher, voucher says. The yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. No, I don't get it either. Like, I understand that, like, you probably assume that in, in the specific... What age group? Older. What, like 50s, 60s? Yeah, right, no. I understand that you may think, like, compartmentalization within the industry. Okay, fine, there's dedicated host barista, servers, cooks. I, I understand where they were coming from on that one, but like, you don't know if I've been, I'm filling in, or there's cross-platform training, or I'm li- I'm literate, and I can read a voucher and know it's good for this. Go on your merry way. I hope you choke on your fucking $20 but, I eggs. I mean, this is the only place that that voucher is good, right? Yeah. This is making me vaguely angry just talking about it. See, and initially, your whole point was, fuck me in this situation. Not well, fuck those people. it's one of those people. things where we have to choose fuck me between... For being assumed I no, was ignorant. No, but like, do we expect the best from people, or do we expect the worst? I hope for the best, but expect the worst. Well, that sounds really depressing. It is. It's a life of letdowns. But I don't assume just because someone seats me that they don't know how to do a server's job, in a bro- at least a broad sense. Well, the other part is I don't assume because somebody seats me they can take my order and get me a cocktail. It may be compartmentalized to that point, but they could probably take your order and pass it along. No, absolutely. It's like they have the... It, the that's like assuming, not you specifically, but that'd be like this guy assuming that I was somehow incapable of going like, wait, you want juice that is orange? Oh, I need help. Like, that's how this guy was treating me. Hot on the heels of that whole, I talked about this off-air with you and on-air on it with Dam, about the whole snobbish attitude thing. And it's like, well, I told my boss, I was like, remember the next time someone complains about my snobbish attitude, quote-unquote snobbish attitude, that I'm getting shit on mightily right here. Did somebody complain about your snobbish attitude? Yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, I talked about this. No. And then I realized that I used the word egalitarianism while uh, talking yeah, with him yeah, and realized no. I might be snob. Yeah, no. Or at least pretentious at best. Got it. So, don't assume. I think you know it's just one of those that? things where basically when I go into any place, I think that work is work, so I try to be as easy a customer as possible. My time in general is not particularly valuable, so I'm like, okay. And it wasn't in this case either, but I wouldn't assume that someone who seats me is illiterate. He doesn't but know what those mean. Are you fucking kidding me? That was my whole point. This has gone on way too long. No. No, it hasn't gone on long enough. No, I missed the show. Okay. Good night. (laughs)
If you liked this, check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability, and No Applause, Just the Clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher. Oh, yeah.